0: My apologies for the slight delay. The Spreaker's studio app decided it did not want to cooperate with me. So uh, I had to actually start all over. So here we are. Every Wednesday night, the porch, Firefall Talk Radio. If you're looking for a non-watered down, pure, clear word, this is the place. We appreciate you being here. We study the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, we focus on the example of the book of Acts Church to get a deeper understanding of how and why they did things so that we can shake the world one last time before the return of the king. They turned the world upside down by preaching the gospel, setting the captives free, laying hands on the sick, and casting out demons. We really need to get back to basics, the red-letter basics. And that's what the porch has always been about, restoring the priesthood of the believers so that we could regain that world-shaking influence. If that's what you want, you're in the right place. If you're looking to have your ears tickled or to be fed pablum, this is not the place for you. We're here to feed on the meat of the Word, so that we can go out and do what the Lord called us to do, to be an example to the world and fulfill the Great Commission. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, or write us directly at the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, and we appreciate each and every one of you who do, go to firefalltalkradio.com. There are ways to do that at the bottom of the page, Just pray and do as the Lord leads. We appreciate your support and your encouragement. Welcome to all the listeners from the various streaming platforms. I want to remind you, please remember, that we can always be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Now, we do pay to stream on four other streaming services, including Spreaker, which Will be reduced um, in the days ahead, according based on listener numbers. Unfortunately, with uh, everything going on in the world right now and the offerings uh, dropping down, I'm going to have to cut some cost and make some reevaluations. But always know that no matter how I post these podcasts, whether it's the porch or anything else we might do, you know, like maybe a special edition of Reflections in the Dark. You just never know. You'll know that you'll be able to find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Make sure you find us there and subscribe to us. We start out praise reports and prayer requests, and um, if you don't want that, if you want to go right to the Bible study, cut right to the sound of the shofar and go right into that. We always start out by praising, and I praise Him first for my salvation. Without that, none of the rest of the things that I share with you shall have, uh, have happened. October 9th, 1988, which will be 33 years and three days, the Lord redeemed me, saved me, set me free, gave me back the family I discarded, and then loved me enough to call me into the family business. I am incredibly blessed, incredibly thankful. And if I talk too much longer about it, I won't be able to talk. So I praise him. Praise him for my wife, my sons, my daughter-in-laws, our grandson, our furry kids, everything we have, the home I sit in, all of this technology. Everything I do for him, I praise him for. I wouldn't choose me to work for him. But he did. I praise him for his provision and protection that's always available to us. That Psalm 91 covering never gets turned off. For the dreams and the visions that we are living out, Joel 228 is Peter prophesied on the day of Pentecost. I praise him for his healing virtues and divine health. I am Have shared with you some struggles, not in details, not necessary, but I can tell you this. I am back on the path, on the mend, and as I told my brother Larry today, I am preparing for the greatest final prize fight of all time against the enemy. I praise him for his abiding divine favor every day. Mercy is anew every morning. I praise him for his continuing revelation by the Holy Spirit and for making me and you a new creation and allowing us to live in these prophetic times. So now let's pray. We always start out by praying Psalm 122 verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem May they prosper who love you. And Father, I pray for Jerusalem. I pray for Israel. I pray for your leadership there. I pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters. I pray for those that have accepted you as Hamashiach, as Messiah. I pray that you would protect them from all harm from their enemies. I pray that you would deal with their enemy. I pray that you would guide their leadership to do what you want them to do. I pray for America. I pray for his grace to come back upon us, for his favor to come upon us. I know the your ticklers are telling you everything's great, everything's okay, but I am noticing many more preachers saying what I've been saying for a while. We're in trouble. America's in trouble. And the church needs to rise up in prayer, and the church needs to become the church and stop playing games. Prayers for all the people being victimized by their leadership around the world. As the spirit of the Antichrist rises, it's inspiring corrupt men and women to do ungodly, satanic things to their people under the guise of helping them. Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. He is the deceiver, and he has deceived a lot of people. And we as the church need to stand up against that. We need to stand with the fatherless and the widows and the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the innocents, and those that are being victimized through injustice. Our Heavenly Father hates injustice. He is a God of justice. And I pray that he would do that for us right now. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. Each and every day, I apologize to him. Because we've been such bad stewards of his creation. I pray for the missing and exploited children, victims of human sex trafficking, diabolical, satanic endeavor. And for four years under the previous administration, we heard non stop reports of these people being arrested and those rings being shut down, and children and women being rescued, not so much lately. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, that religious persecution and spirit of anti-Semitism which would flow in with the spirit of the Antichrist who is just waiting in the wings for his personal unveiling. And I pray that you'll believe me and stand with me and push back and hold that at bay, because I believe it's the church and the Holy Spirit inside the church that restrains him. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as each and every one of us give back to our divine design. That's what I'm working on each and every day, six days a week. The only day I don't train is the Sabbath watching things that I eat, watching what I take in, being more conscious of praying for him to heal me and forgive me for not taking care of this temple. I pray that for each and every one of you. Be healed right now in the name of Yeshua. Listen to his voice. Follow his guidelines. I pray for your protection, our protection, that Psalm ninety-one covering I mentioned for inspiration, for the fire of the Holy Spirit to rise up each and every si- inside of each and every one of us. Whew! Just got hit. For those who are called to bless, to be a blessing, if you've been blessed, praise the Lord. I praise Him for doing that for you. But every machine He builds, every ministry, every calling needs help, not just ours. SRT, Firefall the Porch, we are guerrilla fighters. We are the ones that go out and do the things others don't want to do. And right now I'm going to be a good steward of what he's given me, and I'm going to have to cut back and pare down at a time when we should be expanding. Praying for the doors to open. That the ones that we've been knocking on would fly open. That not only this documentary, but everything we've been called to do to destroy the work of the enemy would come forth to fund the dreams and the visions and the missions. Praying for lost family members. I would like to be able to hit the road with my brother Larry and any other member of SRT that wants to come along. To go set the captives free, to redeem the land, to pull down stronghold. Be able to visit your family members And lead them to the Lord. But pray right now, Father, in the name of Yeshua, every member of our families, anybody that we can think of right now, Lord, we call into your kingdom. We pray them saved, healed, and delivered, redeemed, their names written in the Lamb's book of life, in Jesus' name. The only other... Uh, praise report of prayer request I have is from Kim in Fort Mitchell. She's very consistent, and I will honor it. As long as she sends them, I'll say them. says, I praise him, being the Lord, capital H, for my salvation and my recovery. I want to thank him for his protection and guidance. Father, please save my husband and mother's soul and continue to protect my family. If you are a member of this community, whether I know you are or not, some of you, I think, lurk in the background or are afraid to make the commitment. But I pray you're praying, and I pray you're praying for Kim's family, her husband and mother, to be saved. Provide for us, Lord, and favor us. Keep the porch community safe. Protect our families. Praying for innocent souls out there. Guide your people, Father. She has a legal matter in Germany that she needs prayer for it to be resolved, for divine favor to fall upon that situation in Jesus' name. Says thank you for your unconditional love and sacrificing your son so that we can be free. Lord, I feel your love right now. Got triggered when I talked about my salvation birthday coming up. I don't think our human bodies can understand or or even contain the love that you have for us. But I pray all your sons and daughters would know it would feel it. I pray that, Lord, if somebody needs to hear how much you love them, then somehow they'll stumble onto this podcast somewhere at this exact moment to hear me say, God loves you. Come to him just as you are. He will clean you. He will save you. He will heal you. He will heal you just as he did me. I wouldn't have saved me. I wouldn't have redeemed me. I'd have hit me with a lightning bolt. I'm not joking. But his love and grace was so amazing, he ordained that moment in Tallahassee, Florida, on October 9th, 1988, somewhere between 1130 and 12 o'clock that morning. He set it up. He planned it. He worked toward it. And even though the enemy tried to win, he couldn't. He had already been defeated. And he'll do that for you. So, Lord, bless this time. Bless the technology. Speak into our hearts. Holy Spirit, have your way. And, Lord, we love you so much. We love you for the cross. We love you that you're not in the tomb. It's empty. We love you for the upper room. We just love you. And I pray right now. That this time, tonight, here and now, somebody would discover that for the first time. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're still talking about the upper room. Probably have one more week of this, but I don't know. Who knows what he's gonna do? He doesn't tell me till the day of. The thing about the upper room is it changed everything. Changed everything for the church and changed everything for the world. It was a transformational event. Those disciples were transformed. The men and women of the 120 that went into that upper room came out completely different. We're supposed to be different different from what we used to be, different from the world. But we're supposed to be like him. When he sent back his Holy Spirit to abide in us, take permanent residence in us, we were supposed to be like him. We weren't supposed to build kingdoms except for his. We weren't supposed to build buildings except for his church. And I don't mean the building, I mean the people. And Satan has tricked us into concentrating on everything but that. So we're getting back to basics. We are called to be like him. 1 John 2, verse 6. Whoever says he lives in Messiah, that is, whoever says he has accepted him as God and Savior, ought as a moral obligation to walk and conduct themselves themselves just as he walked and conducted himself. Each and every day we hear a new story of a new pastor, or preacher, teacher, singer, following people that we've elevated to positions of popularity and favor that never should have been elevated to anything. The only one that should be elevated is him. But the problem that they've got is they've compromised and they're no longer like him. And they've allowed something to happen that he never let happen. They allowed the enemy to to get something on them and in them. Told you John 14.30 inspired this teaching. Where the Lord said, I will no longer talk much with you. The ruler of this world is coming. And he was talking about Satan. And he has nothing in me. He has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything he can use against me. And that's what Satan tries to do. He tries to find things that he could use against us. But Yeshua didn't have that problem. Whatever he did, he did to glorify the Father, even going to the cross. Satan had no control over that. He was actually setting up his own demise. Yeshua was sinless. He was obedient. He was in complete harmony with the will of the Father. His obedience to the Father is our example. Maybe because I had no earthly father. Well, I did. I'm, I, you know, I had an earthly father. I wasn't born in a test tube. My father walked out when I was six, never looked back, went with another woman and raised her son's. Completely forgot about my sister and I. So my example of fathers, although my mother remarried when I was 12, and that's whose last name I carry, as an honor to him for taking on the responsibility of somebody else's children, my example of an earthly father wasn't very good. But my example of a heavenly father is pretty awesome. So being obedient to the father... It's a matter of love, but it's a matter of obligation. Go with me to Romans 6, starting with verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, Yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms, Paul says, because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, which we know is sin, so now present your members, your bodies, As slaves of righteousness for holiness. See, this is a choice. That in the upper room, when that fire fell, when they got filled with the Spirit, when they spilled out into the uh, marketplace, courtyard, wherever they were that the upper room was, and amongst all the people, and began to prophesy and speak in tongues at 9 a.m. in the morning, they were changed. They were filled with him. Men who were once afraid were no longer afraid. We choose to be obedient. We're not under the law. We get to do what we choose to do. And as with purchased slaves, there are no limitations in time or service. So the life of a believer is to be lived in a continuous obedience to the Father. Righteousness, right behavior before God, right relationship with God is something that he demands from his people. Back in verse 16 of Romans 6, Paul highlights the principle that everyone is a slave to someone or something, whether it's a person, possession, or activity. But we need to choose to be a slave to righteousness. I know that doesn't sound real inviting. Hey, I'm a slave. Well, you'd know that because you'd look at me and see the the gold ring, gold earring in my right ear, which according to Scripture means I have Decided to stay a slave in the master's house. And this is my public declaration that I am his slave. Jump down to Romans 6, verses 22 and 23. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages, the payment of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. What are you a slave to? If we were in a room somewhere and uh, we were all together, and the Lord allowed me to I could read your mail. And I could tell you what's going on. I can tell you what you're doing in the shadows, in the darkness. But you, you've got to be honest with yourself. What are you a slave to? What can't you do without? What can't you say no to? If it's not the Lord, if it's not that word, if it's not the kingdom of God, you have a problem. Philippians 4, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That word noble describes an honorable character. The word pure... It's associated with the Greek word for holy means sacred or immaculate. And pure, P-U-R-E, the, the the core of that P-U-R is fire. Heat. You're purified by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says to meditate on it, to deliberate it. I don't mean the New Age meditation. Folks, please stop. If you are... Posting social media things, talking about the light or talking about vibes or energy or any of those things. Those are not. Those are New Age terms. You want to talk about the light and put it to the Word and to the Lord, that's great. But I don't send you light, I don't send you good vibes. I pray the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit from the throne room itself. Meditate. Don't empty your mind and be filled with something else. Deliberate. Evaluate. Go over. Understand what is good and pure. And we find that in the Word and we find that in His Spirit. This is how we as believers renew our minds So that we don't get tricked into conforming to the evil habits of this world. That word virtue in the Strong's. Number 703 if you want to look it up. It's a rare word in the New Testament. But it's used generously in the Greek writings. And it denotes moral excellence. You have virtue, you have moral excellence. Paul uses it to describe the nature, the excellent nature, the excellencies of God, which also means the praises of God. Such excellence can only come from him, a quality that comes from God, a divine power within us, which is also another word for virtue in the New Testament, sometimes dunamis power is rendered as virtue, as being an intrinsic nature of God. Second Peter 1.3, as his divine power, his virtue has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. The dunamis, the spirit comes from him. Glory and virtue come from him. And they can't be obtained naturally. It's a scripture I use a lot, but I really feel led to keep sharing it. Because right now we're in a period of deceit. We're in a period of corrupt transformation from both outside and inside the church. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Two commands. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Don't follow the examples of the fallen world or the times. That word conforms means to be molded, to the example of another. It's external. Transform means internal, supernatural change. The Holy Spirit changes us from the inside out. The world changes us from the outside in. Which is why Peter says in 1 Peter 1, starting with verse 13, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he has called you, he who called you is holy, you also should be holy by your conduct. Because it's written, Be holy, for I am holy. Just as he is set apart, just as he has been purified by the fire. Remember, the Lord had the Spirit fall upon him when his cousin John the Baptist baptized him. Be holy. Be set apart. Submit to the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed by day, day by day. Let me say that again. I don't want... therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. You are transformed. Every time you go into his presence, every time you get into the presence of his glory, you are transformed just like Moses was when he went to the top of Mount Sinai and he got into the glory of God from glory to glory. The more you spend time with him, the more you are changed. If the world has changed you, I can tell you you're not spending time in his glory. Your mind must dwell on the things of heaven. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, Ephesians 4:23. Set your mind on things above that scripture from before. So even your thoughts must have upper room integrity. Now where does that start? Well, we talked about it for a long time this year, the kingdom of God. Matthew 6:33 But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you need shall be added to you See if you focus on your need you're not looking at him If you focus on what's wrong you can't see him who's right So what is the perfect will of God Well six things are mentioned in that scripture One is, present your body as a living sacrifice to God. Oops, I'm going to lose a bunch of you right there. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. So the perfect will of God is to present your body to him as a living sacrifice. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 6.20 tells me you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. They belong to him. He paid for you. His blood didn't just wash the sins away, didn't just... Take your name out of the debit column. He purchased you. Make your body holy. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Having these promises, therefore, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's not easy in a fallen world. That's not easy when you are being bombarded from every direction with unholy things. Be careful what you put in your mind. Be careful what you allow your DNA to absorb in your body. Where you go, what you think, what you do. Let me just say this. We are in a very dangerous time right now. The enemy is fully empowered, not fully released yet, but he's jacked up. He's been fed with blood. He's been fed with sin. His batteries are full of demonic energy. And sometime soon, he's getting ready to flip the switch. I believe the remnant will survive I believe we'll make it through the flood, we'll make it through the fire, we'll make it through the trouble because of God's love and God's grace. But I believe many will not. Choose today whom you serve. Choose today the life you want to live. Choose today, are you a servant of the living God? Are you obedient? Are you a slave of righteousness? Have you sold out to him or do you still want your own way? Are you still building your own kingdom? You're still building a name for yourselves. You want people to know that you're a teacher or you do prophecy or you're a healer or whatever you are. There might have been a time I'd have been guilty of that. I don't care I don't promote me I promote him I don't want a label I'm not a deliverance minister though I do deliverance I'm not an evangelist though I can't evangelize I'm not a pastor though I have and I do have the heart for the flock I'm not a label that you can put on me so make your body holy. 2 Corinthians seven one. Therefore having these provinces beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit perfecting holiness and the fear of God. Make yourself acceptable to God. Choose to do that. Render reasonable service as in do something. Get off your spiritual cushions and do something. Don't be conformed the world, but be transformed from the world. We've been called to a higher standard. The kingdom of God has higher standards than the world. Unfortunately, we've lowered those standards so that we can fit in. But his standards transcend the boundaries of time. They transcend the boundaries of society and culture because it's based on the eternal character of your Abba Father a standard by which he expects us to live. And one of the things he expects from us is honesty. The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary says, Honesty is fairness and straightforwardness of conduct. The King James uses honesty along with honorable or honorably. Romans 13:13 13, 13, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Let's walk honorably. 1 Peter 2, verses 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, meaning this is not our home, we don't belong here, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, which means you are an example to them of the Lord. That when they speak against you as evildoers, and they will, and they're doing it right now, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Be an example. Don't return evil for evil. Don't fall into the trap. Be noble. Have dignity. Act properly. Acts 6, three therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven good men of good rep- reputation. This is when they were choosing deacons, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business of feeding the widows and taking care of those things. Men of good reputation are men of good standing. It used to be deacons and leaders in the church were people of good standing. I've sat in those business meetings. Usually the leaders and the deacons are those that have some kind of financial influence. Some have good standing. I've met many that do, and I've also met many that don't. I've met many that honesty is probably the last thing on their list of things to do that day. Honesty means don't be like Hasatan. Don't be like the devil. That's what the Lord said to the Pharisees in John eight forty four, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, when Cain slew Abel, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a, father, he is a liar and the father of it. Hasatan is the father of lies. If dishonesty and lying is present, he's somewhere nearby. That's why Peter said to Ananias and Sapphira in Acts five three why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Wish I could tell you that I have not experienced a lot of dishonesty and lying in what is called the church. I can't. I wouldn't be honest if I did that. wish I could tell you that there were pastors and leaders that would stand up to it, even from the pulpit. I can't do that. But I can tell you what the Word says. Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are His delight. Proverbs six, sixteen 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and those who sow and one who sows discord among the brethren they're an abomination to him they're utterly detestable to him why because lying is the antithesis of the holy spirit who is the spirit of truth what is a lie what means to speak falsely to fabricate to make a false statement a lie is something that is said with the intent to deceive like satan did to eve in the garden No one's perfect but the Lord. We've, we saw David. David lied. Abraham lied. Peter lied. Said he never knew him. Did not know him when being accused of being a follower of the Nazarene. The Lord forgave him and it broke his heart. You know, that's the other thing about the convicting presence of the Holy Spirit. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. I've been there. But if it doesn't break your heart... If it doesn't cause gut-wrenching, tear-flowing conviction, something's wrong. Proverbs 19.1 Better is the poor who walks in integrity than the one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Hmm. Exodus 20.16 You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You know, if we just live by the basics of the Word of God, whether believers or not, what a different world this would be. And it's not always the spoken word that it's a lie. A life lived under false pretenses, a hypocritical life, is, is a lie just as much as a false word is a lie. Jeremiah 23, verse 14. Also, I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like Sodom to me and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. We can choose. In fact, we can choose right now We're going to be different. We're going to be an example. We're going to help others and lead them back onto the right path by our behavior. We can choose to be transformed and renewed by the Holy Spirit right now. Asking Him for a hunger for the Word. A hunger for the fruit of the Spirit to be present in us and through us. That we could also move in the gifts of the Spirit to set the captives free, to heal the wounded, those that are oppressed. I'm not sure completely why the Lord's got me staying on this. But I think in the days ahead, as the enemy becomes much more powerful, if that's possible, much more present. People that speak the truth, people that are honorable, people that are virtuous, people that live what I'm saying right now, are going to be beacons of light to those in the shadows and in the darkness to find their way back. People are being driven away from what they think is church by corrupt men and women in the pulpits or corrupt business dealings that they see or know of. But I would say to them, if you're listening, Don't judge God by man, judge man by God. What you see in them is not who he is. Colossians 3, starting verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and you have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And while there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Messiah is all in all. We're supposed to be like him. We're not supposed to be abusive, filthy, or vulgar. We're not supposed to lie or, or commit evil practices, but we're supposed to take this new spirit, this new covering of the spiritual man that we have taken on and be renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created that new person. A renewal In which there's no distinction, meaning it's for everybody, (coughs) excuse me, Greek and Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, doesn't matter what nation they're from, whether they're a barbarian or a Scythian, doesn't matter what their status is, whether they're a slave or free, Messiah is all, for all. All believers are equal in Messiah without distinction. And Paul made his teachings very visual and applicable. The term barbarian is a derogatory term used to describe the uneducated, uncultured people who were not fluent in the Greek language. And the Scythians are very interesting people. They were savage herdsmen, equestrians, skilled archers who often worked as mercenaries and slave traders. And their women, the Scythian women, were known to dress as warriors and fight alongside their men. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, just think if we could get the Scythians of today born again in service to the king. But this upper room integrity that I'm trying to get across to you will lead you to a heart of worship. When you realize how great he is and how great you're not, I mean, let's let's just be honest. We're not all that. I don't care how smart you are, how many degrees you have, how many plaques you have on the wall, how much money you have in your bank account, you're not all that. He's all that. When you understand that, You worship Him with your whole heart. You worship Him in a way that you almost can't contain it. You want to shout it. You want to jump up and down. You want to weep. You just want to stay in His presence forever. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. That's what that integrity is from the upper room that I'm talking about. That soundness of the Spirit. Psalm 15, starting verse 1. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises, even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent, such people will stand forever. Think thing about hating sinners, I, I don't hate the sinner, I hate the sin, but there are people who are reprobate. There are people that are beyond redemption, and all I can pray for them is, mercy and God's judgment cuz it's coming. I can't pray them into a king. Once he speaks reprobate over somebody, that's it. They're beyond redemption. But people that sin flagrantly, that mock him in their sin, like the people that danced around the golden calf, or the people them in Sodom and Gomorrah, I know we're supposed to pray for them, and I do. I pray in accordance with his word, and I pray according to what he tells me to pray. And people that'll keep their promise when it hurts swear to their own hurt. I've touched on this before. It's one of my pet peeves. I posted it on Facebook yesterday, a place right now that I only use to Promote the porch or firefall or the, these Bible studies, share scripture or encourage people. What I said is when I make up my mind, my mind is made up. My yes is yes, my no is no. And I will fulfill what I say no matter what. No matter what. And I expect those that are around me that say they believe that to do the same as as my wife can tell you. I have a problem with people that can't keep their word. I have a problem with people that are liars and deceitful. I'm like the Lord. I walk away. Keep your promises. Let your children see that you are a person of integrity and that your word is good. Proverbs twenty-two one says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. I want you to live the life that he wants you to live. I want you to be like him. I want you to walk like him, talk like him. I want the world to see him when they see you. Psalm 56, verse 10. In God I will praise his word, in the Lord I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God, I will render praises to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling? That I may walk before the God, before God in the light of the living. Our God is a God who keeps his promises and so should we. See, that's what October 9th, 1988, is about to me. His word said, I am found by all those who seek me. It was a promise. I sought him. I kneeled down at that altar, broken, confronted by my own failures, my own sinfulness, my own recreation of my father's sins in my life. He abandoned my sister and I. A man, I can tell you, when I was younger and going through counseling in high school... I hated. The person counseling me asked me how much I hated him. And I said, and forgive me if this sounds graphic, I said if I saw him on the street and he was on fire, I wouldn't even urinate on him to put him out. That's how much I hated him. I don't anymore. Because God opened my eyes that he became exactly what he was molded and conformed to become. He could do nothing else but what he did. And I have forgiven and I let go. But being transformed by the renewing of your mind, being transformed by the Holy Spirit which abides in us, the truth that abides in us forever, living in that Psalm 91 covering under the shadow of his wings as close to him as you can possibly get, knowing that he is the rock and his work is perfect. His, his ways are justice, a God of truth without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Deuteronomy 32 4. I love him, but I understand the, the cost of wielding the stunimous power of the Holy Spirit inside me. It costs me my life because it cost him his. Ananias and Sapphira learned that the hard way, as do we. So I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord, I I come to you as your son, as your servant. Pray for your daughters and your sons, pray for your children. I pray that they would come to know you in spirit and truth. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill them and abide in them forever. I pray that you would transform their minds, break them free of this world. I pray that they'd have eyes to see and ears to hear, and a heart that hungers after you. I pray that they'll be ready. That they'll trust you in the storm. That they'll see the fire and know that it shall not consume them. That they shall know that a thousand may fall at their side and ten thousand at their right hand. But it won't come near them. Because they're standing with you. I pray that this become the day of transformation. The day of renewal. The day of change. Every day transform from glory to glory. Let the glory of the Lord envelop you right now, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Let the glory of the Lord fill you and change you. Let every shadow that's inside of you be filled with his his light, his glory, and be driven from you. There is no shadow or variance in him. There is no turning. He's always glorious. He's always illuminous. He's, He's always the Lord. Make him Lord of your life. Make the changes need to be made because you're needed. Whether it's a prayer warrior, I don't know what your calling is, and I don't know what you'll do in the days ahead, but I can tell you right now you're needed. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. If you need to, go back and re-listen, download, take notes. I'm not saying this because I did it. He did it. I believe what I'm sharing with you over these last three weeks is really important. Let's get back to the upper room. Let's get that integrity. Let's get that fire. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been the Porch on Firefall. Talk Radio.